0: Theme song, take one.
1: want to make sure the dogs have stopped barking (laughs) and that you've stopped sniffling and that you've stopped clearing your throat that you've stopped coughing we're recording right now are we recording Uh, yep are you done belching coughing sniffling are the dogs done barking Is the showers now there's a cow in the room (laughs) okay the dog won't stop barking god damn it
0: dog's done barking i think
1: it just barked again okay all right all right i'm ready
0: Now that's crow out there. So, Boo. Yes, Daddy. Uh, The last time we talked, it was my birthday.
1: It was. That's right.
0: And one of the things I like doing on my birthday is taking my vegetarian girlfriend out to a super nice steakhouse.
1: Well, they did have really nice food. Just because you're a vegetarian doesn't mean that you're fussy. I can eat anywhere. I can go to Outback Steakhouse and I'll find something to eat.
0: No, I know. I appreciate that about you, that you're not a fleshy vegetarian and you don't judge me if I sit there and eat a large steak. Because it was my birthday and I really wanted a large steak.
1: I'm not a very judgmental person. I'm not sure if you've picked up on that yet. No, I can tell. I've
0: I've hung out with you quite a bit and I've found that you are pretty lax about most things and your understanding. I just like the idea of... uh, making a vegetarian go to a really nice steakhouse for my birthday.
1: Oh, you forced me, you brute. It yeah. just made me surrounded by, you know, the the dead flesh was totally fine. That crying kid that would not stop screaming and what was a really nice upscale. We had a, a couple, I guess they were trying to do an anniversary or something, and the youngest kid was way too young to be at the restaurant, and they couldn't throw in the towel, they couldn't admit it, and the kid was just having hysterics for most of the meal
0: i know and that's unfortunate you go to a really nice place where you're expecting to pay lots and lots of money Mm -hmm. for the experience and the crying children i understand i've been there before but when my daughter was young i would never thought to go to a really nice restaurant like that with a child that wasn't able to control themselves so all you parents out there I understand you want to go, you want to celebrate, you want to have something nice, but usually you have to wait until the kids are older or find a babysitter Yeah, get a babysitter.
1: Now, that makes us sound very judgmental, and we're not. But the point is that the kid was miserable. Like, the kid didn't want to oh, yeah. be there.
0: No, and I'm sure that there was nothing on the menu that the kid really wanted. Oh,
1: yeah, the kid was, like, way too young, and I was like, I'd really like to be home, like, in my crib. This is bullshit, and the parents are like, tough. You know, you're going to be here. We're going to have this experience, and the rest of the restaurant gets to hear about how... Loudly, our child doesn't want to be here.
0: Yeah. Buckle down. <laughs> so, But other than that, uh, it's been it's been pretty good since we talked the last time, right?
1: Actually, then your wife organized a really great uh, wine tour, and I don't like the taste of wine. No. So I usually end up being the designated driver.
0: That's super sweet. That's a taste. I know. your. What is your description of drinks that you like?
1: Uh diabetes in a glass or, or melted, melted Jolly Ranchers.
0: Yes, melted Jolly but Ranchers.
1: wine does not qualify for that, so I am totally the designated driver.
0: No, I know. And your uh, go-to drink now is the Long Island iced tea. But you have mm. to limit yourself to two, maybe three, depending on the night.
1: I am entertaining on three Long Island iced teas. <laughs>
0: you do. I remember the last time you had three, we were at a concert. <laughs> and you started giving back rubs to random strangers in front of us.
1: They looked like they needed a back rub.
0: I'm sure they did.
1: They didn't object.
0: Oh, well, of course not. If somebody turns around and they see you giving them a back rub, I'm sure that they're not going to say anything (laughs) about it. They turn around, they see me giving them a back (laughs) rub. There might be an issue.
1: I'm just a very friendly and affectionate and touchy person.
0: I know you are. (laughs) I appreciate that about you. I appreciate your (laughs) friendly touches and
1: affections. (laughs) I know you do.
0: Yeah. So, uh, should we get into it?
1: Oh, we should get into it.
0: No, I meant... The podcast,
1: yeah, yeah, that's what I meant too. Oh,
0: I don't know, you just threw me this mischievous look.
1: I'm always throwing mischievous looks, mischievous looks are kind of my stock in trade.
0: Uh huh. Uh-huh. All right, let's get into it. Okay, so one of the things we were going to tell our listeners about is that we recently went to the Hump Film Festival. Created by Dan Savage.
1: So Dan Savage is actually an idol of mine. And I remember way back in the day, before I was even uh, <laughs> of age, I used to read his Savage Love mm-hmm. in my local newspapers. San yeah, Francisco Bay Guardian. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I, that was my favorite part when I would pick up the newspaper. That's what I would flip to immediately, was Savage Love first. And I've been really impressed at where he's taken in a vice column. I'm not going to lie. And I'm... That is something I aspire to do as well. I would love to have the speeches he does when he goes to colleges and does presentations. Like, just he's become such a strong, powerful advocate of inspiring sexuality. And it all started with a totally badass advice column (coughs) Goals.
0: Yeah, career goals. (laughs) Uh, So, but one of the things I like about it is that, well, supposedly it's supposed to be normal people making porn for themselves what they consider to be sexy oh baby yes (sighs) give it to me (sighs) who is your daddy (sighs) and it's open to all genders orientations body types Mm -hmm. uh etc etc however sometimes the last couple years when we've gone i think we've seen some people that you recognize in there that there's are are some the definite
1: there's some definite pros in it and uh the whole premise of the hump festival is that it is it is amateur people that are only porn stars for the weekend you're not supposed to be able to, f- to film anything for the festival once the festival's over that content is gone forever and i keep seeing a lot of porn stars in yeah,
0: the- people that you yourself have actually worked with before right, right, in the right. industry
1: And it's hard for me to qualify them as as amateur people that, I mean, hey, porn stars can make amateur porn too. Uh,
0: Sure. We make amateur porn all the time. We just don't film it. (laughs) So if you get a chance, if it comes to your city, definitely uh, take the time, go out and see it, Mm. support it. It's a good cause. Mm. Also, if you want to, submit your own smutty videos. Just, the just best in the- show
1: makes uh, $5,000. Yeah,
0: $5,000. And also, there's a lot of other rewards that they give mm-hmm. out. But just what I like about it is that definitely when you see it, you see all different types of bodies. And I it's think
1: not it's- cookie cutter erotica. No, it's, yeah. no, no, no.
0: And I think it's good just to kind of tear down that wall because some people are embarrassed to get naked. You know, some people are kind of shy. I'm
1: embarrassed to get naked. Like, it's hard to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm giving you
0: skeptical glances that's, here.
1: I'm, what I'm saying is that so much of our society pushes this perfect, flawless body type. Nobody measures up to that. I understand that, yes, I've, I've done some porn in the day, but it's it was still, it's it's hard to be confident. I mean, I, I get it. I totally understand when you're like not measuring up to what you think society says is the way that your body's supposed to look. No one measures up to that. I don't measure up to that.
0: Mm-hmm. But I just like being able to see all these other people just oh, yeah. kind of owning it on the owning,
1: screen. Yeah. Owning, yeah. And the thing is, there's nothing in the world more sexy than confidence. Mm-hmm. Confidence is a panty dropper and a dick stiffener. That is a fact. What I loved about watching the, the film festivals, these people are just like, they give no shits. And they're like, I don't care what society says. My sexuality is valid. My body type is valid. I can be sexy. And they are. Oh, they yeah, are very... I- very sexy
0: and it runs the whole gamut you get mm-hmm. really funny ones there were some definitely some ones that made me laugh really hard there was also some strange avant-garde ones mm-hmm. which were interesting and there were some that attempted to have a political message as well
1: <laughs> yes this is true uh, i've often found that almost anything in the world goes better with a little humor
0: oh definitely uh, I, I i mean
1: f- stomach with some humor <laughs> i do that a lot with my classes it's just like if you're talking about like sex sex is stuff that makes people kind of uncomfortable and a little squeamish and if you're able to throw some humor in it it kind of diffuses the tension
0: oh definitely so get a chance go out and see it check it out online i'll put a link on the website for the hump film festival i believe they're going to start taking submissions for your own films in september and this year they said it would be the first year that people in san francisco are actually going to be able to vote on the films because it started in seattle because dan savage is located up in seattle but they have found that over the last few years, some of the better films have been coming out of the Bay Area.
1: Surprise, shock, surprised yeah, face. Because
0: <laughs> we have a large port the An epicenter
1: of, of kinky, open-minded perverts. I'm not saying that Seattle doesn't, but like if you want some kinky, open-minded people that can put a wide range of bodies on film for others to watch, San Francisco is the place.
0: Yeah. So they're including us and coming up in November anybody in the San Francisco Bay Area can go attend the film festival and actually make their vote count on what they want to see on the touring version of the festival. Mm -hmm. So go out there, get naked, do some funky stuff, and I hope to see you up on the screen.
1: Hell yeah. Hi there, everyone. This is Rain de Grey at Dirty Talk. This podcast was brought to you by Patreon and all of my lovely supporters that I have there. I could not do what I'm doing without you, and I am incredibly grateful for your support. I can be found at patreon.com backslash Rain degray. Again, that's patreon.com backslash Rain All $5 and higher Patreons get exclusive early access to my podcasts and again i just want to thank all of you for being here with me on this journey i can't wait to see how this podcasting unfolds i'm looking forward to every moment
0: so you ready for some news bits
1: i most certainly am
0: from around the world to your living room this is news bits
1: we have two uh, different news bits and yours is actually pretty funny. My news bit, not as much with the humor, but actually something that I'm really passionate about and something I really care about and something that I discuss a lot in my classes. One of the biggest issues that people have in terms of relationships is that we are ashamed of sex. I'm an American. I've very rarely had the occasion to travel outside of America. I have. But most of what my concept of uh, cultural norms are, are based in America. And the feedback I get from Europeans is that Americans are a prudish bunch of people. We were founded by Puritans. Puritans got completely freaked out about anyone having fun. They banned Christmas. They wanted everyone to wear all black. They were they were a very prudish bunch of people, and we still have the shackles of that approach to sexuality on us to this day. And one of the, the biggest questions that I get asked, one of the biggest topics that comes up time and time again in my classes when people write in to me is they are ashamed of their sexuality. And because they're ashamed, they don't communicate their needs and desires with their partner And then they lose. Everyone loses. You do not have a a satisfying relationship if you are ashamed to talk about what it is that gets you off. So, my news article is that the sex toy brand Eden Fantasies actually put together a survey and they polled a whole bunch of Americans. And I have to admit that I am a little bummed, but not surprised at the results of the survey. So, according to the survey by Eden Fantasies, over a third. 36% of Americans say that they have a specific kink or fetish. One in four Americans in a relationship have a secret sex act that they want to try with their partner, but they haven't told their partners what that act is. And uh, 51%, more than half the people in a relationship will take a month or longer to bring up a fetish or a specific sexual interest with their partner. And what these numbers mean is there is a lot of unsatisfied, unhappy people, ashamed of their wiring and unable to communicate their needs and desires with their partner. And if, the, if there is a, a core of what it is that I try and do when it comes to helping people is helping people be more comfortable in their skin, in their desires, in their sexuality and what their wiring is. And quite honestly, that's my mission is to help people become comfortable. And that is so hard for people. So if I were to break down this study into a single word, that word is communication.
0: Isn't that the word that you always use? For everything. To describe your classes? Hell yeah. The core of everything
1: is communication. And I will keep saying it until I'm blue in the face or people get over their hangups.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is unfortunate that we live in a society where people feel ashamed of the things that they want to do or they can't mm-hmm. talk to their partners and it mm-hmm. leads to bad relationships mm-hmm. and leads to people feeling unfulfilled mm-hmm. and not feeling like they can actually be honest with their partner like why, what's the point of being in a relationship if you can't be fully open and honest with your partner if you feel scared that your partner is gonna judge you well, then why are you, you even in that relationship yeah it you, doesn't you have to hide and you can't be yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sad. I try to be open with you. I think you know pretty much everything mm-hmm. about what I do. <laughs> Even the dirty, dirty secrets that I hold.
1: Uh, I know a lot, I have a lot on you.
0: You got you got the dirt on me? I do. Well, I hope you don't use it against me. I,
1: I would never. You have the dirt on me.
0: I got so much dirt. Mm-hmm. I know where all the skeletons are buried.
1: Well, I have not buried any skeletons.
0: Well, they weren't <laughs> skeletons when you buried them, obviously. <laughs>
1: Don't go digging.
0: <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I think the takeaway, be open and honest with mm-hmm. whomever you choose to be with. Uh, don't wait so long. Don't mm-hmm. wait till you're deep in the relationship, mm-hmm. especially if it's something that you feel is a make or break right. thing for you. You know, I know you say that you like to be honest on the first date. Yeah. You lead with your oh, yeah. specific needs. Damn straight I do. You have your pussy privilege on that.
1: I would say for men, get to the third date and be honest. Like, mm-hmm. I yeah, I do I do have pussy privilege in that I can say what my needs are on the first date. And if we're not compatible on the first date, I don't need to log through a, a second and third date. Uh, when a guy tries to lead with his very specific desires on the first date, that can come across as creepy. It can. But my point is so many of us are so ashamed of what turns us on. That we try and trick people and we wear a, a facade and a, a fake mask and we're like, get six months in the relationship and then we're honest. And if you two are incompatible and you go, you did yourself and your partner the disservice of being dishonest about your desires for the past half year and you end up, your partner's like, we're not compatible, you've just wasted half a year of your life you don't get back because you couldn't be honest.
0: Yeah. And I, I've I've been in the dating field and I know – but it's like when you're on a date and you're trying to put your best foot forward and you're worried that the person's not gonna like you if you reveal a certain thing. But then you have to ask yourself if this person's not gonna like you for that, is this Then actually, that's not someone
1: you wanna be with. No,
0: is this somebody it's you want to devote a long time to no. actually hanging out around with.
1: If if the core of everything I teach is communication, the second the second principle would be be honest. And I hear so frequently people say to me, Oh but I I don't want to I don't want to scare them off and I don't want to like reveal the truth right away. It, it it literally makes no sense. Yes, there's putting your best foot forward, but at the same time there's also being honest. And and if you're hiding who you are and coming up with a, a a fake version of you and trying to trick someone into liking that fake version of you, you're doing yourself and them a vast disservice.
0: Yep. Agreed. So, my news article kind of diverges from yours quite a lot. I currently read a news article, and I think I have a new favorite animal.
1: You have a new favorite animal? A new favorite animal. Pray tell, lay it on me.
0: The naked mole rat. (laughs) Now, there are other mole rats, I guess, out there, but this one- The clothes mole rat? Maybe they're partly-
1: The modest mole rat? Yes, the
0: modest. Maybe they're the Puritan mole rat. Mm -hmm. This mole rat is naked, not ashamed of its nudity.
1: Free balling it all over the place.
0: Yeah. So what uh, is incredible about this is that scientists have found that the mole rat doesn't really age like other mammals age. Supposedly, as people get older, the chances of them dying increase. But for the mole rat, the naked mole rat, sorry, it stays the same. The other amazing things about this creature is that it doesn't feel pain. You can deprive it of oxygen and it goes into a vegetative state. And then it comes right back out and it's fine. It can survive in extremely low oxygen conditions. Mm-hmm. It actually lives in hives with a queen. It's the bull rats, I guess, are the only species in the mammals kingdom that live in these hive-like structures because normally it's reserved for insects. The queen can make all her daughters sterile so that they can't reproduce. And I guess the queen isn't born a queen like in insect communities where they they make queens. the queen is actually a female mole rat that has clawed her way to the top and How? is basically the baddest of all the asses of the mole rats. and she becomes the queen.
1: How does she claw her way to the top? Is there like naked mole rat combat or something? I don't know.
0: this is this is what I've read is that <laughs> so they they do that. They also don't have cancer. Mm-hmm. They've found no signs of cancer in the mole rats. So these things are incredible little creatures. They, so
1: they don't feel pain. there's no cancer. They, they don't, don't really seem age. to age. Nope. And she forces all her daughters to be sterile.
0: Yeah. It's an amazing creature. And so, yeah, they just come out with a study that the mole rat is basically impervious.
1: So is are you going to be taking notes because you don't want to die?
0: No, I just thought it was interesting. I know that there's a number of companies that are trying to sequence the mole rat genome so they can find out what it is that causes them to have all these superpowers. Now, for... Any of you who have never seen a mole rat, you can picture this. I think they look like shriveled penises with big buck teeth.
1: Yeah, I disagree with you. I don't know what sort of dick you've been looking at, my friend. No, no. If anything, they look like mole mole uh, versions of uh, hairless cats.
0: Yeah, which are pretty ugly. on this. List. I
1: find hairless cats freaking adorable. Uh-huh. We don't see eye to eye on the hairless cats. I'm not surprised we don't see eye to eye on hairless moles.
0: Well, so the other thing that's also incredible about them, I forgot this, is that their two buck teeth they can use independently. So they can they can manipulate their teeth. They can use them as chopsticks almost to pick things up with their teeth, or they can use them in combination to chew on things. Right? Mm-hmm. So this is really weird because they they have articulation in their teeth.
1: Do you think that they were left behind off an alien spacecraft? Possibly. It would explain a lot, wouldn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah. So go out there, take a look at a picture of one of these mole rats. Let they're know, pretty
1: cute. I
0: disagree. You disagree vehemently. One of the pictures we saw, they said they're either really cute or they're terrible. Grotesque creatures, Grotesque creatures of nightmare. Creatures from hell.
1: Okay, well, I, I go for really cute.
0: Let <laughs> us know what you think. Check out the naked mole rat. Either way, no matter what you think of its aesthetics, <laughs> it's still a really, really interesting creature.
1: Correct. I hope you all have been enjoying the podcast to date and don't forget if you have any questions you would like answered or topics you would like discussed don't hesitate to call in the phone number is 614-733-4739 again that is 614-733-4739 an easy way to remember that is that it is 614 R de Grey if you have any questions you would like answered call in Leave a message and you just might be featured in an upcoming podcast.
0: All right. So we have one question this week that was emailed into us, but it's a pretty involved question. Mm-hmm. So we're going to cover this. I'll read it out to you and see what you have to say about it.
1: So my, I'm actually uh, grateful a lot of the times when I get questions. The reason that this wasn't turned into uh, an advice column question and this is a podcast question is that this is so complex? There's like a, a, multiple different layers and and uh, different levels of the onion. I'm going to have to peel here. This was definitely more of a podcast style question. I'm frankly excited to, t- to tackle it. So, what do you got for me? So the person writes in:
0: I'm new to group play. I like it, but I prefer it with my primary partner because he tells me what to do. So I don't really need to think. I have noticed that I pick up on relationship dynamics and it inhibits me. For instance, we played once with a couple, and the woman was older and madly in love with her guy, and he was kind of not so in love with her. So the rest of the night, I could feel her jealousy and insecurities. I have been in group play with my guy where he blindfolds me. This I find easier for me to deal with. I don't totally pick up on all the dynamics. Recently, I went to an after party. There was five women and three men, and I didn't pick up on all the dynamics, except for the one man who has been crushing on me, and I realized I am new to them, something they want to taste, but it makes me feel awkward. How do I get past those dynamics?
1: <sighs> okay, there's a, there's a lot going on here, and I'm going to start from the top with this. Uh, Frankly, what you have stumbled across is one of the uh, issues I have in terms of group play, which is it is really hard to get multiple people in a room and have them all approaching sexual activity with the same level of desire. The first thing that I want to unpack is that I can tell, at least from the way you phrased this question, is that you're fairly submissive. And you keep using the word dynamics. And uh, the way that I am interpreting it here is that it, it appears to me that you are most focused on your primary partner. I don't know how much you're actually into these interactions that you're having with people that are not your primary partner. When you say, I, I prefer it with my primary because he tells me what to do, so I don't need to think. And then you say that, When uh, I did a group play situation, um, when when my primary blindfolded me, and I found this easier to deal with, I didn't pick up on all the dynamics. The first thing you need to unpack is to be certain that all of this group play that you're doing is really something that you want to do, because quite frankly, the way that you've proposed this question with these reservations that you seem to be having makes me honestly wonder if group play is something you really even desire to do, or if it's something you're doing to please your primary. So before you even unpack all the other things of group play dynamics, you need to ask yourself, is this really something I want to do? Or is this something that I'm doing only to please my primary? Because it seems to me that you have some reservations, you're finding sensory deprivation where you have the blindfold on, so you're not having to look or observe people around you easier for you to get in the headspace i'm not totally sold that this is something you want to do if it is something you want to do the second layer of the onion that you have to unpeel is that not everyone in a room in a group play situation is going to be an enthusiastic and in fact more often than not at least with my experience both sides of the couple are not as equally enthusiastic about A group play situation. Usually one is more enthusiastic than the other, and the other person is acquiescing, is going along to please their partner. So when you referenced the older woman who was madly in love with her partner and he wasn't as into her and you could feel it and it messed up your headspace, you're running into that situation in group play dynamics where not everyone is excited about what's happening And because it seems that your head's not totally in the space either, and you're not as excited either, you're picking up on other people's reservations. It's a tricky one. And my advice in this situation is don't move forward with group play, even to please your partner if it isn't something that you really want to do. If you find yourself doing situations where you're not fully, totally committed, if your head's not in the right space, you're going to end up becoming unhappy when you're unhappy, you're going to resent your partner. You're going to resent the situations that you feel that you're being forced into in order to please someone. And resentment is a toxicity that poisons relationships. I admire your willingness to try and explore new things, but everything that I'm reading in terms of this question makes it seem to me like your head is not in it. You're dismissive and you want to please, so you're willing to try something like this. But I'm not getting the takeaway that that's something that you really enjoy. I also completely relate to this because I have been in many group play situations, and I am also very sensitive to dynamics, and it's a boner killer for me if the person or persons I'm interacting with does not want to be there. What gets me excited is enthusiastic consent. And it doesn't seem like you're running into a lot of enthusiastic consent in you or in the people that you're playing with. So your question is, how do you get past these dynamics, this awkwardness you're feeling of people not really wanting to be there? First, make sure that you want to be there and then only interact with other people that do want to be there. And if you can't master those two things, then group play dynamics are not for you. And that's okay. Don't ever feel forced to do something to please others even if you're submissive, because if you're not also on board with it, you're going to end up not liking the situation, and it will destroy relationships. I've seen it happen.
0: So what do you think about negotiations before going into group play? I know that a lot of people, they like it to be spontaneous. They like the uninhibited nature of it. But I think that before group play happens, there has to be a decent amount of negotiations that have to happen so everybody feels comfortable and nobody's mm-hmm. boundaries are accidentally pushed.
1: Exactly, it, we, we we are fed this fantasy that you shouldn't have to do a negotiation, you shouldn't have to do any communication. We're just all going to sit in a room, we're going to lock eyes with each other. The sexy's is going to start to swell up. Everything will move spontaneously. Nothing will ever go wrong. No one will feel hurt or slighted or unhappy after the fact. And it's a fantasy that isn't reality in any way, shape, or form. I fully believe in communication. I think that in this situation, you have a submissive person who's trying to please her primary, and she isn't into it, and she's filling all these reservations, and she's running into other people that are in similar situations that also aren't into it, but are doing it to please their partner, and you have a room full of people where there isn't enthusiastic consent.
0: Yeah, and it leads to resentment, and it mm-hmm. can also lead to other mm-hmm. issues within the relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate because, like you were saying, I think there is definitely tends to be one partner that is, is more into it than the pushing other. it a little bit more than yeah. the other, and the other reluctantly goes around. There are I've seen couples there where both of them are well, you know just wildly wild enthusiastic, go, yeah, go whole yeah. hog, I know, and those are
1: the couples that you would want to hang out with and interact with. That's where you wouldn't get locked in these dynamics of like, oh, they don't seem into it.
0: Oh, definitely. And as for me, usually when I want to engage with somebody like that. I actually want to know them as a person. I know that we've been offered some group play before, and we haven't really engaged because if I'm doing that, I would like to go to dinner with Well, the you're a
1: demisexual. You're not a swinger. A swinger no. mindset, they don't need an emotional connection. And again, that's another uh, fallacy that we've been fed, particularly for men. A man is supposed to, anytime anyone ever offers him sex, they're supposed to go for it, Absolutely no reservation. Sign me up. Somehow you're less of a man if you don't jump on any available offer for sex. And that's not how everybody is wired. Is it, it is because
0: I'm a demisexual or is it because I just don't like a lot of people? And if I can't stand actually being in a room with somebody and having
1: a you're, meal and you're a conversation a demisexual. with demisexual. You require that, that you are textbook demisexual. You require an emotional connection with someone. You have to actually like them as a person in order to want to interact with them sexually. Oh, definitely. You can't just mash your genitals against someone for the sake of doing it.
0: There's very few people I can actually stand for an evening, especially right. naked and sweaty.
1: <laughs> exactly. So yeah, you're, you're a textbook definition. And the thing is, there are so many people like you, but particularly the burden the, the, the burden that you as a man have is that what? You, you didn't immediately jump on any offer of foursomes that came your way because you were dating me?
0: I've gotten in sexual situations before with people that I didn't really know, but I oftentimes just don't feel satisfied afterwards. Right. That just didn't, I guess it was lacking an emotional component Mm -hmm. that I walked away and felt kind of empty. And I Mm -hmm. often have found that I enjoy sex a lot more with people I enjoy as people and somebody that I've actually been in a relationship Mm -hmm. for a while. I found that the sex gets better as you've been in a relationship because unfortunately these, these group play things... the the first time you have sex with somebody, it's so awkward to begin with. You don't know their body, you don't know them, you don't know what they like. Right. You know, and so it's everybody's trying to feel it out, even right. when there's two people in a room, but you compound that with getting multiple bodies multiple, involved. Yeah. And especially if it's the first time and it's trying to be spontaneous,
1: right? It's difficult. It's Having awkward. sex with
0: somebody, I find that sex doesn't really get good. Until maybe five times in and I know how to read my partner's body really well. I know right. the kind of things they want, like and I feel relaxed and comfortable enough that I can start improvising and exploring mm-hmm. deeper things. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to find that in any group play unless you have right. a collection of people that you get together on a regular basis. Right.
1: Which yeah. I, I have had that and it's definitely – I had a a regular um, – what was one, two, three – uh, we uh, we were I was doing regular fivesomes for a while, uh-huh. and the more that we had them, the better it got in terms of communication. But the first one right out the gate wasn't very easy, and yeah. it was like it helped that we were all friends and we were all that you know, like we hung out with our clothes on as well as off. But just like a spontaneous fivesome, where you had no communication, no negotiation, you're just all going to walk into a bedroom and make that work. No, No,
0: mm-hmm. it's difficult. So I would say anybody trying to pull that off. Actually look at yourself, look at your needs, discuss it with your partner first, set whatever boundaries you're going to have mm-hmm. around it. Also negotiate with whatever couples or individuals or mm. other people that you're going to bring into the mix to see what they're looking for out of it. I know it's not as sexy. The talking isn't Wait, as sexy. Are, are you
1: saying it's all about communication? Is uh, that what you're I saying? D- are we coming back <gasps> to
0: the communication?
1: Communication is crucial.
0: Uh, I know. Yeah, definitely. Communication... Mm-hmm. is crucial to most all the situations. I know mm-hmm. it can kill the, the heightened sexual energy of the spontaneity. But, but
1: w- without it, you're you're th- just rolling the dice and hoping that you're going to get heightened sexual awesomeness, but more likely than not, you're going to get awkwardness, weird feelings, jealousy, all sorts of baggage that you didn't unpack. And no. also make
0: sure that you're fairly sober when you go into mm-hmm. the situation. I've mm-hmm. seen too many group situations come mm-hmm. out of a night of drinking Mm -hmm. where everybody's feeling a little bit frisky and their inhibitions are lowered and Mm -hmm. they decide, well, why not? But then afterwards, there's a little bit of fallout after that. So make sure that it's not just the alcohol talking or whatever else you might be on that evening and take it slow. And if it seems like you're getting in a situation, if you're the sober party and it seems like you're getting in a situation with somebody else that might be under the influence, you have to be that responsible party to say, maybe this isn't the right time. If it's available that night, then it'll probably be available another night if it's going to happen.
1: That's some wise words of advice. I like them.
0: Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) Anything else you'd like to say to this person?
1: Uh, I feel that that pretty much covered it. You can see why this ended up not being an advice column question. There was just so much to unpack here. Uh, It was a good question. I hear this a lot from submissive people that are trying to please their partner and they find themselves in situations that they're not comfortable with. So uh yeah be be true to yourself I know that it, it can be the double baggage of you already have a submissive mindset and now you're needing to communicate with your partner that the activities the two of you are undertaking it's kind of hard for you to get into the fact that you had to be blindfolded and do sensory deprivation to be able to relax a little and not pick up on all these dynamics is very telling for me I'm not saying that you are in an easy situation but it is a workable situation be capable and okay with standing up for your needs and desires even if you are submissive because submissives have rights oh, yeah. J- just because you're submissive does not mean that you have to do activities that don't turn you on people are like oh rain i beg to differ that's all of what being submissive is like is doing things you don't enjoy to do no
0: no submissive actually have more of the power in the relationship mm-hmm. than the oh. dom because they're the ones that are they, yep. to submit
1: and I, boy, the the ultra-true lifestyle or domi-dom types hate it when I say that. But you know what? It's true. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but it's true. And uh, I will keep saying that. I don't care who I piss off. Dismissives do have all the power in the relationship, even if what you've consented to do is give up all the power. You consented to render yourself utterly powerless. Even if you've got a slave number tattooed in the barcode register and you're branded and you're not allowed to sit on furniture and you just are naked wallowing on the floor every day as the ultimate slavey slave, you've consented to undertake that practice.
0: Yep, and you are within your right to rescind that mm-hmm. consent at any time, mm-hmm. and there's nothing your dom can do about it.
1: Even if you've signed a slave contract. Um, it's that—that uh, That is, you can tell this is something I'm very passionate oh, about, because yeah. I run into this a lot. Maybe it's I'm, something
0: we should discuss in a uh, future episode.
1: That's an excellent suggestion. Stay tuned, upcoming episode. My thoughts on lifestyle slavery and one true wayism.
0: Yeah. So thanks for the question. great question. Keep them
1: coming.-hmm. See you all next time. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, you can have more of me. I can be located uh, as Rain de Gray on Instagram, Facebook, BetLife, Twitter and Patreon, as well as RainDegray.com. I do a monthly newsletter. If you want to keep abreast on my doings. Go ahead and fill in the contact form for my newsletter, and I will keep you updated on all of my classes, as well as when the advice column and podcasts come out. Hope to hear from you soon, and have a good day.